1: Well, good afternoon, everyone, or good evening, or good morning, whenever you happen to be watching this. But welcome to our All Cardinals podcast. I'm Howard Balzer, Alex Weiners here, Miller Thomas. And here we are with two preseason games finished for the Cardinals, one to go, and just a few weeks until the regular season opens. And before we get into the game against Kansas City or looking ahead to New Orleans, I will say this, guys, that the best thing about talking right now is that there's two games in the books and there's only one more of these preseason games to go. That's that, that to me is the best because sometimes you have to watch these games, but a lot of times you wish you didn't have to.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that was a sentiment throughout the press box. This, this week especially, that was a bit of a tough game to get through. Um, but yeah, only one more. And then there's an off week and then finally they play the Tennessee Titans to start things off. Yeah, I'm just ready for the regular season, man. Preseason,
0: I'm not a not a huge fan of it. It's a lot of vanilla offenses in the preseason. Not seeing too many starters out here, so I'm definitely ready for that regular season matchup against the Titans.
1: Well, well, you know, you guys know that I've been doing this for a long time, and I've always had a saying that because there's such a long period of time before the end of one season and the start of the next season, the longest off-season in professional sports that we all say, oh can't wait for the preseason games to get here. Can't wait for it. And as soon as the first game starts, you're going after about five minutes, all right, I'm done with this. Let's let's get to the regular season. And and of course, the one thing I have to say that I didn't miss in the years I wasn't covering a team until coming to Arizona is I didn't have to I didn't have to watch preseason games. But now we do. The players have to play them, the coaches have to coach them but we also know that there's such a combination of players that are on the field and aren't that there's, there's really no flow to this game, to these games. And quite frankly, I'm not sure how coaches really make true evaluations of what happens because you always have to look at, okay, that player looked good, but who was he playing against? Was it ones against twos? Was it twos against threes? Was it threes against threes? The one thing we know is, when these games are decided a lot of times in the fourth quarter, most of the guys, a lot of the guys that are on the field, then won't be around when week one is played for the Cardinals on September 12th.
0: Yeah. I mean, just listen to Cliff Kingsbury a lot during this, Uh, preseason he just keeps saying I don't want to show my hand I'm not trying to show too much so maybe some of the angst that's going against this Cardinals offense the preseason we could just chalk it up to Cliff is not trying to do too much he he's, he's been consistent saying he's not trying to show a lot in this preseason so maybe that's part of the reason why the Cardinals offense hasn't taken off like a lot of people want a lot of people want at least that one impressive drive like we've seen from a few teams this preseason really haven't seen it from the
2: Cardinals but maybe just Cliff being super conservative like a lot of these coaches yeah, although I do think with the bottom of the roster guys, um, these games it, it sort of matters more to them. It's sort of like how I would look at the NBA summer league in a sense, where you get all like your rookies, you get some guys trying to make the roster, you get them out there, and they may not be running the same exact you know stuff that they would in the regular season. They may not be going up against guys who represent the you know the difficulty of players that they play in the regular season, but still it's sort of a look as to what they could look like in a league beyond the college football season. So I feel like in that sense, it could be pretty positive, but absolutely. I mean, when we, when we see the starters out there and they're running, you know, very basic plays and, you know, the starters are kind of out of sync because one starter is in one is not, and they're going up against defense where a few starters are in a few are not, it could be a bit jumbled. So it's kind of hard to evaluate, but I do think there is a little bit, of value there when it comes to the guys who are trying to make the roster and then the rookies trying to get their feet wet a little bit.
1: The, the one thing we do know is that there will be a 16-player practice squad again this season. So a lot of those bottom-of-the-roster decisions, well, if it's whatever position it might be at, and most of the time it comes down to special teams, but if it's between a couple, two, three guys at a bunch of positions, the reality is Most of those guys that don't make the 53, at least to start out, will be on the practice squad. So they will still have the opportunity to practice and be with the team. And especially for rookies, uh, that's important as you get into that regular season routine. So, And and those moves, just so everybody knows, on Tuesday, there will be a cut to 50, I'm sorry, to 80 uh, players. And then the next Tuesday is the big day, August 31st, Mm -hmm. when all rosters around the league will cut to 53 and then teams will start adding to that practice squad, so uh, that's when uh, that's when we'll see some trades. We'll see some names that maybe are unexpected that'll that'll show up on those lists, and makes for a very uh, very long day is when when that roster is cut. But let's go back to this game against Kansas City just a little bit, and 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 you guys alluded to it with with the choppy offense and fans hoping, oh my, well we, wish, we wish we had seen more from the offense with Kyler Murray when they had three three and outs ran nine plays for a total, and he put the word total in quotes, minus one yard. Yeah. And people are, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Well, of course, you always have to remember that Justin Pugh wasn't at left guard. Uh, Josh Jones, who maybe will win the right guard job, but I think most everyone figured going into camp was going to be either Justin Murray or Brian Winners. He was at right guard. DeAndre Hopkins uh, wasn't on the field. And the other thing, guys, is that there will be three and outs during the regular season and there will be games where you get off to a slow start, but you also know you're still going to be out there and you can come out of that and start playing better football and develop some continuity and a flow to the game. But when you leave after those three, three and outs, well, there's, there's no chance to come back from it. And it's also what makes the preseason so difficult to evaluate because it's so many changing faces on the field that you don't have an opportunity to really get any continuity in your offense or your defense for that matter.
2: Yeah. And I think to, to start with just the starting offense that we saw out there, I think out of sync was the right way to sort of evaluate how they looked. I mean, I, and just every other play, it seemed like there was some sort of either miscommunication or player not really being on the same page as somebody else. Uh, I have fake handoff to James Connor that he thought he was getting the ball that Kind of slowly developed and forced Kyler Murray to escape the pocket and scramble out to the right. Uh, obviously, with Rondell Moore and the little route over the middle and the flat, uh, Rondell sat in the zone. Kyler Murray thought he would still keep going, and then with AJ Green, that looked like a bit of a not being on the same page sort of situation too. So it just it, it was very choppy, and it just I, I don't know if it's if necessarily just because like players are shuffling in and out because those were you know three players with Kyler Murray who are brand new to this team. And that was sort of their first go at it. And that was really their only go at it with Murray. So you're right. Just because of the nature of the preseason, they didn't really get a chance to kind of get their you know, feet underneath them with him in this offense. So I guess a different opponent. So I'm curious just how, if they want to try that again next week, or they're just going to say, you know what? It didn't look great. We want to keep our guys healthy for the regular season. We're just going to take next week off. And then, be as ready as possible for Tennessee yeah it seems like early
0: indications are gonna they're gonna probably rest their guys in week three but I think a lot of angst surrounding this game is that it was choppy and you didn't get to see that one great drive I mean the the Cardinals defense was doing a great job at bending and not breaking against the the Chiefs offense but still at least you got to see the Chiefs offense go for 15 plays and move the ball down the field the, the Cardinals offense just went three and out every time so I think a lot of people just felt like it was still the same problems that we've seen during the regular season with the Cardinals offense still in the preseason, they felt like, you know, in the preseason, you can at least get at least one easy drive in there. Even a guy like Trey Lance was able to get one good drive in his preseason debut. So I think for a lot of people, it's still frustrating. It still felt like the same problems you have with a Cliff Kingsbury offense, but on the bright side for fancy owners, Rondell Moore seems to be a guy you have to keep on your watch. I mean, he was targeted a few times. He was, uh, even rushed the ball one time, I believe, too. So this dude is going to be used in a myriad of ways. And he's tiny; he's got a small frame at five seven, but with the kind of speed he has, he can still uh, take the top off of
1: defenses. I'm glad you brought up Ron Dale Moore the next question I was going to ask you guys is who has caught your eye not only in the game against Kansas City but in these first first go- first two games. Uh, whether whether it is whether it's a rookie, whether it's a newcomer. Of course, a lot of the new newcom- some a bunch of the newcomers in terms of veterans, haven't been able to get on the field for very much time yet. But who who, who has uh, caught your eye and that we should all keep an eye on? I'll chime in with mine uh, when you guys are done, whether it's on offense or defense.
2: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe join u.s customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself learn more at cbp.gov careers
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office Yeah, Moore, Moore is a great pick. I think especially in that first game, too, even over that second game. That first game, I mean, he was running like five very different plays that all went for you know pretty decent games, whether it was a screen, whether he was running out on a bootleg, whether it was the, the reverse uh, with the jet sweep. I mean, they, they obviously want to use him in a lot of different ways, and I think that's going to be really exciting. I'm curious just how much they'll use him early in the season, if it's going to start a little bit slower and then they'll sort of work into it or just from the get-go. They'll be able to sort of use him as that spark plug. I think that's probably the smarter move, especially uh, against teams who may not be accustomed to them doing something like that. Um, but another guy who uh, has really stood out to me during this preseason uh, so far, um, I mean, this last game, Byron Murphy, I thought was was awesome uh, in coverage. And not just with the interception, which was a terrific play and, you know, really good smarts from him. Uh, Maybe not a play he makes a couple of years ago when he was a rookie, but now he knows he follows Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes is drifting off to the sideline and is right there to take away any sort of route Mahomes' ball has to his receiver. But also just watching hit the tape back and watching him in coverage, whether he was on the inside or the outside. And the team has said pretty much all offseason that they like him both as an outside corner and in the slot. And he's been, he was primarily in the slot last year, but that versatility gives them the option to maybe put Marco Wilson more so in the slot, another guy who played very well in week one of the preseason. So Byron Murphy stands out to me for sure, and he's sort of elevating to what they hopefully need as something close of a cornerback one.
0: Yeah, that toe-tapped uh, drag by uh, Byron Murphy in the back of the end zone to pick off Mahomes was pretty nasty, but being an ASU guy, I think I'm going to have to ride with Eno Benjamin on this one. I've loved the way he looked in preseason so far. He had a 38-yard run that first game, five five rushes for 50 yards. He had another 18 yards on three carries this game. I, he looks a little bit lighter to me. Seems like they're using him more in special teams, too, uh, as a returner, so I'm liking his prospects for next season. He's still trying to win that third running back job, so he's not going to be a guy we see on the field a ton to start the year. But considering James Conner's injury history and Chase Edmonds is not a super huge guy, uh, this could be a season where uh, one guy goes down. Eno Benjamin could have a a potential for a large workload in this offense and just another
2: guy that maybe you should keep your eye on in fantasy. Yeah, and and to go back to the special teams point, I think that is sort of his his key to making it onto the field early on uh, because I I didn't really expect him to be returning kicks as Mm -hmm. much as he has been in these games. And he's looked pretty solid as a return man. And uh, not only that, though, but also he's been in coverage situations, too, with special teams. So the fact that they're getting him out there and giving him looks, I think is a great sign. Yeah, (laughs) two
0: for 35 on kick returns in this last game. Uh, Really crazy stuff by him.
1: Yeah, I I think the the coverage is probably going to be the ticket uh, to being on the roster because any kick return stuff that he can add will be great. But I I think we all expect Rondale Moore uh, to be out there most of the time. And so if you're going to be not only on the roster, but key is he was on the roster last year, but he just was never active. The key to being active is to be on as as many special teams units as possible. And that's where the Cardinals are looking for a guy, uh, especially on punt coverage, at, at that gunner spot uh, to replace Trent Sherfield, who moved on in the offseason of the 49ers. So uh, that's going to be crucial. in some of these guys making uh, making the roster, I'm going to pick a couple guys that are way under the radar mm-hmm. and, and I'm not sure they're going to make the team. One of them, I think has a pretty good path to it. Although there's a lot of other pretty good players ahead of them on the depth chart. And that guy is a six round pick by the outside linebacker, Victor Demukeje, because he's played a ton of tap, uh, snaps in these first two games. And normally, a guy like that who you're not sure about, you certainly want to get him some snaps, but if you want to try to sneak him through to the practice squad, you probably don't want to play him too much because if you play him a bunch, other teams are going to see him. And there would be a chance for a team that doesn't have that depth at outside linebacker to potentially claim him on waivers because to get a guy in the practice squad, he has to go through waivers first. And when we look at Cardinals, at outside linebacker, I mean, what the heck? They have Chandler Jones. I hope I don't forget anybody. Chandler Jones, Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardeck, if he gets back from PUP. And maybe that'll be a key. It, 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 we don't know if he's going to be ready yet for the start of the season. And if he stays on physically unable to perform, he can't come back until after the sixth week of the season. And, and then you, you still throw in um, Marcus Golden. And so they've, they've got some depth there at that outside linebacker spot. But I like what I've seen uh, from him. He had a lot of snaps again uh, against the Chiefs, not only on defense, but on special teams. And it seems to me he's edging towards making the roster. A guy that probably won't make it, but I think could be a candidate for the practice squad. How many, how many wide receivers is this team going to, going to keep? I think yeah. they all pretty much know it's the top four who, who, who those are. Uh, with with Hopkins, Green, Kirk, and more, But then it comes down to five and six, if six are made. You have Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, you have Andy Isabella. What happens when he comes back from the COVID list? Is he in danger of not making the roster? And then you've got a bunch of guys who have shown some good things in training camp, like Antoine Wesley almost had a great catch, In the game Friday night, they ruled it a catch, but then uh, overturned it. You've had some other guys played well, but the one guy who just seems to make plays whenever he's out there is Greg Dortch, and no one even knew who he was. And so the Cardinals added him to the roster when after training camp it started. But he's made plays in both games. So I don't know that it's it's hard for me to imagine he'll make the roster, but I would certainly expect that he could very well uh, be on the practice squad. But uh, they've they, they've got some pretty, pretty good depth here and a tight end also. The guy who had the you know, the touchdown on Friday night, uh, Ross Travis, he's bounced around the league a little bit, uh, but has made plays with other teams. And it could come down to a third or fourth tight end between him and Demetrius Harris, who the Cardinals just signed a couple weeks ago. So those are a couple guys uh, that I have uh, my, uh, uh, my eye on as we get close uh, to, this, uh, uh, to this cut down
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: See website for details. So we talked about Kansas City a little bit. We're now heading towards the final four days of practice at State Farm Stadium. Camp breaks on Thursday. And then the Cardinals will travel to New Orleans to play a game on artificial turf Mm. against the Saints. The final preseason game. Cliff Kingsbury was asked Friday night. If that will affect who plays in the game, and he had a one word answer. No, but that doesn't mean he's telling us the truth either. So I'm going to be very curious who plays against the Saints and what we see from this team in the third and final preseason game of the summer.
0: Yeah, I don't expect to see much of Kyler Murray, if at all. I, I think... Maybe Hopkins, but we'll see. I think most of the starters are probably going to not really play or not come in the game at all for this one. That just seems to be the early indications uh, from the Cardinals so far. But there's still some interesting battles to watch. I think maybe the most interesting battle for me personally, I'm really liking the backup quarterback battle. We know Colt McCoy has been a journeyman. He's a professional backup quarterback. But Chris Strievler has looked pretty insane in the preseason. I mean, he's been pretty nasty whenever he stepped on the field. He's probably been the best player every time stepped on the field from a rushing perspective. Uh, he's been uh, basically Kyler Murray in that, in that area as well uh, from a rushing standpoint. So this guy has been able to do it all. He's been dominant so far whenever he stepped on the field. And right now I think I'm going to have him as that leader, as my uh, QB two in the Q- quarterback
2: room. I think that's an upset with Stravler there. I mean, Stravler has looked great uh, in this preseason so far. I mean, he's been coming in in the second half. So he's been facing mm. definitely not, the caliber of defenses is, is, well, McCoy hasn't faced, you know, the starting defenses necessarily, but he's still, it's getting lower in the depth chart when Stravler comes into the game. But I was really impressed by his arm this past week. I mean, the, that first game it was more so his legs, that huge run, which he trucked a defender. I mean, that was incredibly impressive. And that's something you more expect out of Chris Stravler than him hurling the ball around. But that last throw to Ross Travis to, you know, score the only touchdown of the game for the Cardinals this past Friday was probably the best throw I've seen from Stravler uh, whether it be in open portions of, of, of practice or in any sort of game situation, so you know Streppler's looked good. He looks improved from where he was. I mean, obviously after you know he struggled in Week 17 last year, that's sort of, that was sort of his mo. He needed to get better, and it looks like he has. But I don't know. I think they brought in Colt McCoy for a reason, and I, I think that you know he's you know the far far ahead right now as far as that competition is concerned. But Streppler is making a case to keep a third quarterback
1: on there. Here's the thing that I wonder about. Unless you remember, they did keep three uh, last year, even though Brett Hundley was never active. But that leads me to what I'm wondering about. Because last year, we heard a lot about the things that Streveler can do, uh, whether it is like running or doing this or and even maybe playing on special teams. And we saw it early in the season when he ran a play. Uh, he ran the ball on a third and short. Then at another one, he came in. And threw, I think he, I, I forget exactly what the play was. And then we never saw it again for the rest of the season. The thing I wonder about, is if Colt McCoy is number two, do they not only keep Streveler but figure out other ways to utilize him where he could potentially be active for a game? If he's going to be active, though, he has to play on special teams, and I'm going to be—it'll be very interesting to see if maybe we see that uh, once the regular season starts. And if they would keep, because I don't—I don't, I don't know—there's a team in the league that would keep three quarterbacks active for a game unless that third guy is going to contribute. Uh, in some ways. So uh, that will definitely uh, be one thing to watch uh, more as we get close uh, to the regular season. As as for the game against the Saints, I'm with you, Miller. I think that I don't know how much a lot of guys are going to play uh, in terms of the starters. you uh, certainly you'd like to see some of these guys get out there a bit uh, for for the game. And because let's remember, there's a bunch of time off. They won't be off in terms of practice, but there's time off in the past. You'd 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 have a game on the Thursday, usually, of the final week of preseason, and then you'd you'd be playing 10 days later. Well, now this this game on Saturday will be the last on-field action in a game uh, for for a full two weeks and a day. And so I'm wondering if if they'll decide to give some guys a little more time just to hopefully be sharp when the regular season rolls around uh, against Tennessee on September 12th. So uh, we'll be speculating about it all week. And, uh, and of course, writing stories and and all those things here at, at all Cardinals. Uh, But uh, I'll just give you guys uh, any last thoughts uh, that you have before we uh, close this all Cardinals podcast for the day.
2: Yeah, I guess a closing thought would be, I'm intrigued to watch Andy Isabella coming back because I think that He he, just because he hasn't been on the field, that receiver spot on the roster is slipping away a little bit just because of how good Keyshawn Johnson has looked. And you mentioned Anton Wesley and Greg Dorch playing well. So I'm curious how he comes back and how he adjusts after being on the COVID list.
0: Yeah, Andy Isabella, uh, it looks like he's definitely moving down in the depth chart. I'm scared for him and his NFL career. Uh, He still can have a a future with the Cardinals, but it seems like uh, Rondell Moore is quickly surpassing
1: him in the depth chart. And let's remember, I've, sometimes we forget that he was inactive for three of the last four games, three of the uh, last season. And the only reason he was active for the final game of the season is because Larry Fitzgerald couldn't play because of a groin injury. Of course, we haven't even touched on that story, but you can read all sure. about it uh, on, on the website. It sure, sure, sure seems trending that he's not going to play unless something drastic happens in his mind about, about wanting to play. But yeah, those, those will be the, you know, the stories that we will be watching in terms of guys coming back, you know, Justin Pugh uh, tested positive. He said he was vaccinated. And so that being the case, if you're unvaccinated and test positive, you have to be out 10 days. If you're vaccinated, then you can return if you have two negative tests back to back 24 hours apart. So that'll be something we'll be monitoring this week uh, to see If in fact he returns to practice, we know JJ Watt is coming back to practice. And the other thing, guys, we can make a final comment on, as I alluded earlier to Josh Jones playing right guard, uh, Brian Winters has been out for a few weeks. Justin Murray out for not quite as long, but for quite a while. I'm wondering at what point are we going to see them back in practice to realistically getting themselves into the competition at that right guard spot, and so I'm very curious if we're going to see them on the field uh, this week.
2: Yeah, I am too. Um, and if not, I guess we have some questions for for Cliff Kingsbury on what it went exactly. Their timetable is. They'll say it's probably fine. he won't answer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's obviously a big deal because if they are not back by the end of training camp. Is, is this just Josh Jones's position for the time being until they can get their legs underneath them a little bit and then the competition reups itself again in the first couple of weeks of the season if Jones slips a little bit. So, But right now, Josh Jones, I mean, this is his key chance to really separate himself and um, he's been getting a, a ton of first team reps. So that can only be really good for the youngster and, and so we'll see exactly what happens with the other two. Yeah, Kyle
0: Murray is always ducking from that right side during the regular season, that's going to be a big indication of who's going to be uh, leading that right guard position early in the season. No question
1: about that. That's Miller Thomas, Alex Weiner. I'm Howard Balzer. Thanks for tuning in for our All Cardinals podcast. We'll be doing a lot more of these uh, during the season, so keep it right here. You can see our podcast and, of course, go to the website for all the written and video and audio content at allcardinals.com.